The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning New York, and welcome back to our show on this briskly cool day here in New York City. Unbelievable snow flurries today and chilly. When is this winter ever going to end? Anyway, our discussion today is centered on the process of buying a home in Manhattan, and our featured guest today, I'm very excited, is Frederick Peters, president of Warburg Realty. I'm going to ask Fred about his personal success and that of the company he leads, and we will talk to a panel of broker experts and get their opinion on the current marketplace. But remember, this show is very interactive, so please call in with your questions at 866-472-5788, or email me at vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. You can tweet me at Vince Rocco, and you can find me on Facebook. Let's begin at the top of the day. New York is always about the news. Three men jumped from the top of One World Trade Center and recorded the entire skydive last week. They shared this on YouTube, and then they surrendered to police, and they were quickly arrested. Arrested. A 51-story limestone condo tower will be joining at least seven other condos that are under construction or planned near or along West 57th Street between Broadway and Park Avenue. This is now being labeled Billionaire's Row. Mitchell Silver was formally announced last week by Mayor Bill de Blasio's office as the Commissioner of Department of Parks and Recreation. New York City taxicab riders will pay a 30% per ride surcharge to fund wheelchair-accessible cabs, Under a new proposal from Mayor Bill de Blasio's office, this according to City Hall sources. The fares would go up next year with the vehicle conversions to start the year after. The goal is to make half of the city's fleet roughly 7,500 cabs wheelchair accessible by 2020. The mayor also said he has made it his personal crusade to help the city attract and retain good teachers, echoing concerns posed by the United Federation of Teachers as it negotiates a new contract with his administration. De Blasio said, quote, Of all the things that could affect the future of education in our city, this is one of the most central. Here's here's one. New York City grocery shoppers may soon face a 10-cent fee on all plastic and paper bags, enlisting the nation's largest city in a growing green movement. The city council introduced a bill Wednesday that would impose the fee in an effort to spur customers to bring their own reusable bags. Supporters of the bill say it would benefit the city's economy as well as its environment. City residents, by the way, use $5.2 billion disposable plastic bags a year, and it costs the city $10 million annually to ship used bags to landfills. ABC News announced on Friday that it has hired former New York City Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly as a consultant and expert commentator on law enforcement issues. The network said he would make appearances on all of the ABC News platforms. Kelly, a 43-year veteran of the New York Police Department, was the longest-serving police commissioner in the city's history, having served two terms under different mayors. 
David Dinkins, and Michael Bloomberg. He was familiar. He was a familiar face on television, both locally and nationally, during numerous crime and terrorism-related incidents in the city. A JetBlue flight made an emergency landing at Kennedy Airport following a bird strike on Friday. Flight 671 took off from Westchester County Airport and struck a bird shortly after takeoff. JetBlue officials said the captain diverted the plane to JFK at about 10 a.m., where it landed safely. No one was hurt in the incident. The plane with 142 passengers was headed for Palm Beach International Airport. With prices for land and buildings surging across New York, religious institutions are pursuing real estate sales to generate cash and support their missions. Many of the city's churches and synagogues were built decades ago, and those running houses and those running houses of worship find themselves with massive architecturally distinct archi- uh, structures that require costly repairs. Mitchell Moss, a professor of urban policy and planning at New York University, says you can't be a successful member of the clergy in New York unless you know how to take advantage of the land market. The only difference between a real estate developer and a member of the clergy is the clothes they wear. Now, switching to entertainment news, Les Mis is like a zombie. There's just no stopping it. The musical, based on Victor Hugo's 1862 novel, debuted in London in 1985, hit Broadway in 1987, and has pretty much been playing somewhere on the globe ever since. Seen by 65 million people in 42 countries, not including those who saw Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway in the 2012 film, given all that, you, would, you wouldn't be the only one thinking, really, again, upon hearing that a new revival opened last week on Broadway at the Imperial Theater. The reviews are mixed. Lady Gaga, here we go. She showed up at the Roseland Ballroom in typical Gaga style, wearing a headdress with red roses and netting and little else. But Friday night's show was not just a regular concert for the pop star. It's the beginning of a string of farewell shows to this iconic venue. After 95 years of music, dancing, and culture, the Roseland Ballroom will have its final curtain call on April 7th. That's really pretty sad. And Oscar winner Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband Chris Martin, lead singer of Coldplay, announced they were separating after more than 10 years of marriage. Rumors, though, about their open relationship had been around for a while. Their combined statement read, quote, It is with hearts full of sadness that we have decided to separate. We have come to the conclusion that while we love each other very much, we will remain separate. Paltrow named People Magazine's 2013 Most Beautiful Woman and Martin married in 2003 after nearly a a year together. They have two children, daughter Apple 9 and son Moses 7. We wish the family well. The Real Deal and Luxury Listing New York City will hold their new development showcase on May 15th. The event will be held at the Altman Building in Chelsea, and it is open to the general public as well as real estate brokers, developers, and architects. They expect a crowd of over 2,000 real estate enthusiasts to view the 30-plus new development sales booths and models from New York buildings. So, if you're about to move to this great city or you already live here, you should know the ins and outs of buying or renting an apartment. You should also know culture, dining, shopping, education, and everything, cocktails. Yeah, cocktails, this helps. Seriously, though, with all the perks of living in New York City, there are downsides such as the high cost of living and our very expensive competitive real estate market. According to Brick Underground, though, here is what you need to hit the ground. Here's what you need to know to hit the ground running. Neighborhood is key. Everyone has personal reasons for choosing a neighborhood. To learn more about a neighborhood, do your research. Neighborhood blogs are a great way to get a sense of what is happening. Find out, for example, how convenient the area is when it comes to subway trains. 
What are your food options? What are the schools like? What is the neighborhood like? How safe is the neighborhood? And how easy is it to find parking? Two, money can't buy you everything. For renters, for example, just because you can afford an apartment doesn't mean you will qualify to rent it. Most landlords require you earn 40 to 50 times the monthly rent. Not everybody is aware of that. And for the buyer, even if your finances are in tip-top shape, if you are planning on buying a co-op, you will have to get past the co-op board first, and all board decisions go way beyond finances. More uh, on that at another time in a later show. Next, there are broker fees in New York City paid by renters and sellers. Buyers are not responsible for these fees. We're going to talk a lot more about that in another segment. In addition to your mortgage payments, though, there will be an extra cost of maintenance on a monthly basis for your apartment. This covers all building costs and expenses. You need to factor that into your overall budget when doing your spreadsheets uh, on what you can and cannot afford. And if you are purchasing, of course, cash is king. In hot markets like today, anyone using all cash will have a better shot at getting the apartment, whether it is for sale or rent. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. Uh, pets, here's a good one, are a big concern for many renters and buyers. Several buildings in New York City are adopting no pet policies. They will grandfather in existing pets, but not allow uh, new pets. This is a very big problem for pet owners. Also, some buildings have breed and weight restrictions, so that makes it even more complicated. Working with a broker, we're going to talk about this at a later show, but working with a broker for rentals or purchases or sales um, makes a lot of sense. Oftentimes, your time is wasted looking at listings that have expired or rented, closed, or aren't even real. Giving a broker the responsibility to make your process easier is always the best option. Some buzzwords to look out for. Cozy can mean small. Charming, for example, means old and in need of updating. Unique means potentially a strange layout or worse, quiet can be translated to dark walls or no view. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and I'm going to talk to Fred Peters, president of Warburg Realty. Uh, but first, you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, So we're here this morning talking about how to process um, a real estate transaction, how to buy a home in New York. And first, we're going to talk to uh, Frederick Peters, who is the president of Warburg Realty, and he has been at the firm since 1980, climbing the ranks to the top. He's a graduate of Yale College. He began his career as an agent, and over the years, he acquired the firm and grew the company from 40 agents to almost 150. We're going to ask for an update on that in a minute. He's a frequent contributor to Warburg's blog and one of the most quoted experts on real estate in both New York and on the national level. He also serves as co-chair of the Real Estate Board of New York's Board of Directors Residential Division. He's won numerous awards, and I'm happy to have him with us today. Fred, good morning, and welcome to Good Morning New York. Good morning, Vince. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so our topic today is um, really the process of buying a home in New York, and I wanted to ask you about that. But first, I want to ask you a few questions about you and your company. Um, always been very uh, happy to be associated with Warburg from an outsider's perspective here. But how did you get into the business and, and why? How did I get into the business? I was a graduate student in music. And uh, somewhat unexpectedly, in my late 20s, I found myself being a parent. And being a graduate student in music is not a great way to support your family. So I looked around for something which I thought I could do part-time, and I came upon the idea of being a real estate agent. And then, as happens with so many of us, it ate my life. Correct. I I can certainly uh, understand that. I think in the beginning, when I was still working in corporate America myself, I, I had gotten my license uh, two years before I actually practiced real estate because I thought, well, maybe I'm going to do this part-time. And as you just said, you know, it just yeah, sort of takes over. Yeah, part-time fantasy is one many of us have. But as you learn quickly, it's impossible to be a successful real estate agent part-time. It absolutely is. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through. But in, in your opinion, where is the New York market right now? And are we heading for a major change? A lot of people think, you know, we've gone from – uh, buyer's market to seller's market, back to buyer's market, and on and on. Where, where do you think we are right now, and do you think we have a change about to happen? That's an interesting question. I think that it, it certainly is a seller's market. There's no question about that. We see time after time that uh, properties are put on the market 
if they're appropriately priced within a week, two weeks, they have multiple offers. They're often selling over the asking price. So it's definitely a seller's market, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. That being said, one of the distinctions between uh, what's happening now and what was happening six or seven years ago is that even though it's a seller's market, there's very little buyer exuberance. Buyers are cautious. Buyers are weighing their options. They don't want to overspend. And as a result of that, we see that in spite of the fact that there is historically low inventory in New York City, buyers simply won't move on something they perceive as overpriced. So on the one hand, you see that properties which are properly priced will go in a week or two with multiple offers. On the other hand, overpriced properties sit because nobody wants to make a mistake. Yeah, I'm actually seeing that in in my own uh, personal business as well. And it really comes down to, you know, the consumer being probably a lot more educated today than they ever were, certainly when I started in the business. And I was going to ask you, how how is Warburg keeping up with the fast-moving market? I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the pricing schema, but, you know, bidding wars and, and buyers' hesitations to not wanting to overspend. How are your agents really handling this? Because, listen, you know, all of us as agents want to make money, and all of us are worried about the next deal. How are your guys really dealing with that? You know, I think, uh, as I'm sure is true at Blue Vince. We're all just running as fast as we can. Um, but I think the key in a market like this is training and expertise. I think that uh, our function as agents in the age of information is now absolutely about expertise. That's how we provide value in a transaction Now that listings are all widely available online. And I think that it's our obligation, yours and mine, as people who are leading companies, to make sure that our agents have the best information, the most up-to-date tools the clearest understanding of the relationship between the local and national economies and buyer behavior so that we can really help people make informed decisions. And I'd say that's really the most significant thing we can do uh, to stay on top of the ever-changing market, just be really tuned in to the microclimates in which we're functioning economically. Yeah, the good answer. I was going to ask you about tools in a, in a little bit, but before we get there, you know, your firm is really known for luxury high-end deals. Do your agents work across all, all price points and in all neighborhoods? Yes, absolutely. I think increasingly you have to. I mean, I think we all know that as time goes by, uh, New York City is becoming kind of one giant macro neighborhood with regional variations. You know, when I was first in the business back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, (laughs) it was 
the people who wanted to live on the Upper East Side wanted to live on the Upper East Side. The people who wanted to live on the Upper West Side wanted to live on the Upper West Side. Right. Um, the people who wanted to live in the village, same thing. Now everybody goes everywhere. So um, you kind of have to work all neighborhoods because uh, buyer perception is so different. You know, I did... <laughs> One of my agents was telling me recently that she had a buyer who was priced out of Brooklyn for a small apartment. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at the Upper East Side. Interesting, because I think you're right. At this point in time, it really becomes the, you know, the apartment and the price point because some neighborhoods are overpriced and people just can't stay there anymore. On that, though, you announced last fall that your firm was going to expand into Brooklyn in 2014. Has that happened yet? I haven't remembered seeing anything whereby you actually did open an office just yet. We are working on it. Let me okay. just leave it at that. I have every intention of opening in Brooklyn during 2014. I think it's such a vibrant and exciting market, very different from the Manhattan market, and I really can't wait to be part of that. Let me ask you, I, I agree with that, but why do you think it is a very different market than what we, I guess, are traditionally used to here in uh, Manhattan? Because anytime I've done deals in Brooklyn, I have found the same, but I can't really put my finger on it. What is it well, about Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't know that I can exactly answer that question, but I'll tell you my impressions. One impression is that um, Brooklyn is still much more neighborhoody mm -hmm. as a market, and I'm not sure exactly why that is, but uh, the Park Slope people are Park Slope people, right. and um, the Prospect Heights people are Prospect Heights people. The Fort Greene people are Fort Greene people. Um, one of the things that I can see is interesting about that marketplace is that in order to be successful, you probably need outposts in several locations right. because I don't think the um, buyers travel in quite the same way. So that's one of the things we're analyzing before we open up is where is it going to be most successful to locate ourselves as we kind of start this new chapter. What what neighborhood do you think is expanding the most? I mean, you know, obviously Brooklyn is has been well on the way, but you know, and we've seen growth in Harlem. What but in in your agent's perspective, what do you what is the most expanding neighborhood? Uh, and that's an interesting question. I mean, as you said, clearly there's an enormous amount going on in Harlem. Um, you know, what I just think is happening generally, Vince, is that our world of possible places for people to go is stretching boundaries every day. So, for example, the people who were Upper West Side people are now Harlem people, and the Harlem people are Washington Heights people, and the Washington Heights people are Inwood people. Yeah. And the people who were Park Slope people are Windsor Terrace people and Kensington people right. and Prospect Lefferts Gardens people. I think what I just see is that 
the boundaries keep pushing out and pushing out. You know, the people who were far east on the Upper East Side people or um, village people or Park Slope people are now looking at Long Island City. Right. Um, it, I, that's what I, it's not even a neighborhood so much as the fact that I think all of the neighborhoods are pushing out because we just have more demand than supply. People have to live somewhere. Correct. Absolutely. You know, on last week's show, we, we pretty much focused on, on the luxury, uh, very high-end buyer. And, and obviously, you know, your firm, as you just mentioned before, you know, works across all price points, all neighborhoods, which is a smart thing to do. But what, um, how much of the, the luxury high-end uh, buyer are you seeing uh, through your agents at your firm? And what, what specifically is driving, do you think, that marketplace? I think that I, I, we do a lot of work in that uh, segment. And I think that that marketplace really from a price perspective is still being driven by the enormous purchases made in a large part by foreign buyers in the new condominiums. Mm -hmm. I think those are the standard setting deals for the ultra-luxury marketplace. And in many cases, I think the co-op market then strives to create some sort of similar value for itself, which it doesn't do. You know, the co-op market, I think, is increasingly distanced on a price-per-square-foot basis from the ultra-luxury condo market. But I still think that ultra-luxury condo market and those buyers are setting the standard which is driving that marketplace. Correct. I, I wanted to. I wanted your perspective on selling a home in uh, in New York City. You know, oftentimes I'm asked by my agents how they can best differentiate themselves among the many agents that are out there in this town uh, and win exclusives. I read uh, the following on your blog quote: "It's not easy for a seller to choose a real estate agent. More often than not, you know more than one. It's hard to distinguish one marketing plan from another." Do you want to be a mega broker with fame and a team or a single agent who offers more personal service? Do you pick based on price, firm size? You go on to explain your thoughts. Would you tell us about that today? I thought that was really interesting, that quote from you. Sure. Um, I think that one of the things that I've hoped most to do during my years in the business is professionalize the perception consumers have of us because it's always been a source of frustration to me that people will select a broker because she's a friend who just went into the business or he's fallen on hard times and we want to help him out. Who picks a financial advisor that way? Right. Um, so it's really a project dear to my heart to try and professionalize the way consumers choose agents. And I think that there are a couple of different ways to go, but 
more than anything else, you want to check out the person's credentials. You want to understand something about their history. You want to interview them carefully to make sure you have good karma between you because that's critically important. You want to understand what their web presence looks like. Is their website easy to navigate? Does it provide tools which will be attractive to buyers once they get on it? And then in the end, I think you're making a decision based primarily on your sense of comfort with the individual you're talking to. But then secondarily, is the firm offering you what you need. I tend to urge people not to go with the agents who have 30 other listings because how is that agent going to be able to pay any attention to you and your property? I agree. But of course, there are people who are attracted to that because they think that person is a star and, and will somehow exposure. bring star power to their property, you know? Right. Uh, exactly. <clears throat> Listen, along the lines of that, um, what, so with all that said, what, what is the profile of the agent that you look for when you're hiring uh, out there? Well, I mean, we administer uh, something called a DISC personality test correct. to I just all took one. <laughs> our prospective agents because we have found over the years that there is a profile that tends to be successful in real estate. And that profile, and obviously, like everything, there are a thousand exceptions. But that profile tends to be somebody who both is extremely personable and has a certain level of kind of uh, strength of character, let's say. It's not somebody meek, uh, because you got to be a closer, and you can't be Correct. meek if you're going to be a closer. Um, but at the same time, it's got to be somebody with really good people skills. I agree. Fred, I have to take a break, but stick around for a minute, because I, I have a couple more questions for you. And um, we'll be right back, guys. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? 
Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's V. Rocco at BLURealtyGroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back, everybody. Uh, we're talking to Fred Peters, president of Warburg Realty. Uh, Fred, thanks again for being with us. I wanted to ask you just a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, you just talked about the profile of an agent you hire and, and the disk profile that you send them, uh, you make them go through. I actually just recently took that myself, and I was very um, delighted to uh, read the results of that. And I'm going to think about doing the same thing for my agents here. Just quickly, I mean, you know, I, are good agents really hard to find and recruit? Because I, I sometimes struggle with that. You can certainly interview so many people, but are they really that qualified out there? And do you have to put them through a ton of training to get them to where you need if you're not finding experienced people? Uh, I think the answer to that is yes, they are really hard to find, and yes, you have to put them to, through a ton of training. And one of the things that I'm struck by, we have quite a rigorous training program at Warburg for our new agents. One of the things I'm struck by is how surprised they often are by how complex and multifaceted the business is. Right. I think what's happened is the run-up in the market, obviously with a big hole in the middle for the recession, uh, over the past 15 years has given many people the impression that being a real estate agent is an easy way to coin money. Right. And as you and I both know, Very it's glamorous, not right? only not easy, but it takes a while to coin money. Correct. So a long, a long I think, while. yeah, exactly. People have very <laughs> unrealistic expectations. So yes, I think it's hard to find people who are good, and it's hard to know if they're going to be good at first. Though I think probably with the amount of experience that I have or you have, you can tell pretty quickly who's going to turn out to be a dud and who's going to turn out to be a star. 
I, I think you're absolutely correct. And then one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, I noticed that um, your firm has stepped ahead of most others recently and announced an app for smartphones, Wahlberg Mobile. So what is this and how are your agents using it and are they finding success with it? It's great, actually. Uh, I, I just think that's the way the world is going. The world is going, everybody increasingly does everything on their mobile devices, and I think that's particularly true now that everybody has a tablet. And so we felt it was really important to put something together which was designed specifically to be used on a smartphone on the go. What we found is that our clients and customers love that. So, yeah, I'd say, frankly, it's something we've all got. As you know, Vince, our business is increasingly all about technology as well as skills. And I think we got to stay on top of both. I totally agree. And I, and I, I read that and I thought, you know what? I thought about this a while ago myself. Uh, when I was with another firm, and um, I think it's imperative, and I know that agents out there can be a lot more productive on the fly, as we call it, um, and map that to Manhattan sideways. I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with what that is, but is that like a geographic um, locator for your agents out there? Yes, exactly. Okay. One last question, Fred. Um, is Selling New York still in production, and how has that program helped or hurt your business? Selling New York is still somewhat in production. Uh, we're not so involved uh, anymore. They've been casting a wider net in the last year or two. Uh, I think it was great for the business. I think it made us much more of a household name nationally. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The one thing I will say about TV is that it really is a time suck. You know, you, oh, yeah. uh, you have to spend four hours working to get 12 minutes of decent <laughs> TV. TV, everything is hurry up and wait, right? Yeah, exactly. I hear you. But uh, listen, you know, I think uh, aside from some of the other shows that are out there, I think that was a pretty good representation of your firm and, and a few others. And I always enjoyed the episodes. Fred, listen, thank you so much for joining me today. I hate to, you know, in these, in these jobs, you wonder, you worry sometimes how to fill up an hour. Now, sometimes I sit here and think, I need two hours. Come on, this is not enough. <laughs> but again, well, thank, thank you for you your so perspective. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. No problem. Thank you. Maybe you'll come back again soon. Sure. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. But first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America channel. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. So this is my favorite part of the show, our broker panel experts out there in the field of Manhattan, buying and selling and renting apartments for everybody in need. So buying and selling real estate in New York is always an emotional roller coaster. But in order to create success, buyers and sellers have to understand basics. And this is very important. For sellers, for example, don't price too high, don't price too low, and don't hold out too long on offers. When a broker brings you an offer, decide quickly because oftentimes your best offers come in early. For buyers, for example, don't go in blindly without a broker. We'll talk about that. Uh, Don't bid too low, and there's always someone else who wants what you want. So you've got to be really smart about how you enter that process. So let's bring on our panel, uh, what I call feet on the street. We have coming back to us this week, Perul Brombat. She serves as a very seasoned agent for CORE Group Real Estate and has many years' experience. She is a member of the Million Dollar Circle for her firm and has sold over $350 million in sales, which has been about nine years. Prior to real estate, Perul was a strategic management consultant, and most recently she brought the uh, development 1285th Avenue to CORE, and this building is almost uh, completely sold out. Bravo, Perul, that's great. Niall Lundgren is joining us back again. from uh, He's the president of Dalian Realty, focuses, and he focuses on new development marketing, luxury sales and investments, and his team is currently in the midst of a massive uh, marketing and leasing project located in the East Village. He brings a dynamic energy and pa- passion to his real estate deals like nobody else. Um, Rachel Alshuler from Douglas Element balances the diverse needs of buyers, sellers, renters, as well as developers with diligence and professionalism. With experience on closing out multiple new development projects in the last 12 years, she uh, knows all facets of new construction. She consistently produces as a top uh, award winner at Element. Uh, and Deborah Hoffman is a 15-year veteran of the industry, known for her loyalty and her honest and ethical approach to all her clients. Whether assisting buyers or sellers, Deborah prides herself on providing a comprehensive level of service and putting in the extra legwork to find the right solutions for her clients. Deborah works for Town Residential. Folks, good morning uh, and welcome to Good Morning New York. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having Good morning. Thank you. So hearing about the record-breaking prices and large luxury apartment sales, this has created new challenges for pricing apartments around the city. Rachel, let me start with you. How have you been able to set pricing on your exclusives and at the same time keep the seller's expectations in the right place? It's really tough now. Um, Of course, you can ask whatever you want as a seller, Uh, but I think a good broker will guide them in the direction of what will sell in the quickest time possible for the best price possible. And that's the tough, you know, that that's the challenge right now. I wouldn't, there are actually opportunities instead of challenges since the inventory is at its lowest in 14 years. It's actually a really, really good time for an owner to put their apartment on the market. Um, condo prices are at a 25-year high. Um, co-op pricing is up 5%. So I think that 
as long as the seller is aggressive but not unrealistic, it's it's pretty easy to price in this market because of the low inventory. But I think you just want to be careful of not pricing it too high where you risk having the apartment become stale. Right. I mean, and, and, correct. And as you know, and, and, and as Fred actually said a little while ago, uh, that, you know, apartments that are priced properly will sail off the marketplace. They will, you know, sell quickly. And it's always, you know, a challenge, I guess, for the brokers uh, and myself included when I'm doing deals to make sure that our sellers' expectations are correct because uh, you don't want to linger on the marketplace with a, an apartment that's priced wrong. Perul, what is the uh, the pricing differential between condos and co-ops in this particular marketplace where we have a limited inventory, et cetera, et cetera? Well, sort of to echo what Fred was saying, um, I feel that, uh, I mean, condos tend to fall in different categories. Of course, we have the super high and luxury market. Um, if you were to compare co-ops to that um, outside of maybe Fifth Avenue co-ops that sort of fall in the same ballpark, but increasingly are still not being able to compete um, toe-to-toe with even that market, even if we look at it at the very top end. Um, I would say that when we look at the rest of the, the city, uh, there is definitely an increasing gap in pricing between condos and co-ops, um, where condos are just uh, flying off the shelf and at much higher price per square foot. I think that a large component of that, of course, is foreign buyers who uh, really can purchase in condos, and they are sort of uh, just by uh, just by the rules of co-ops and the type of uh, purchase it is, are unable to purchase in most co-ops. Yeah, and and what are you seeing as far as um, maintenance pricing? You know, uh, co-ops obviously being higher than than condos. Is that a, a deterrent when when people? I mean, for example, people say, "Well, I can probably afford a co-op easier than I can afford a condo." But do they take into consideration sometimes that the overall monthly is going to be much higher in a co-op for X reason? And does that you know deter a sale? Well, for sure. I I think also what deters the sale is. Um, or two other things. One is um, uh, condos tend to be a little bit brighter, newer, shinier, and co-ops are increasingly not just don't compete aesthetically as well. Uh, I also think that if you look at the upside in terms of investment value um, and how where co-ops, how much co-ops have sort of given people back on their investments versus condos, uh, I think that that really also plays a part that as much as uh, unless a buyer is really stuck on a lower purchase price and just doesn't have, uh, he or she does not have the money to uh, to make a larger down payment or or purchase something in a little bit of a higher price range up front, um, a condo becomes more attractive because, as you said, the monthlies sort of once you make the purchase, what well, does make a condo a little more attractive from a month to month basis. Yeah, Niall. So, what about the the strategy of pricing under market? to attract crowds to open houses and to fuel multiple offers and bidding wars. you seeing any of that, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's you know, something that's really important um, because if you press it aggressively, you know, you're going you're gonna to pump up demand and get more people um, to the open houses. I mean, one, by, by doing that, it, it provides, uh, buy, like, it increases the buying temperature, meaning that people are literally standing in open houses and feeling um, the pressure of having other people um, vying for the same apartment. Um, and then you're, then you're fielding multiple offers and then going with the best one. So a lot of times it's not just, you know, the, the price. It also has to do with terms. 
all cash buyers are, are obviously uh, much better and quick closings um, help out as well. So uh, I think that's you know, very important. I agree. Absolutely. Deborah, how do you effectively market your exclusives in the tight marketplace? I mean, we, we've determined that inventory is low, you know, sellers market, things priced right. How, how though, are we effectively marketing or are you effectively marketing your exclusives in this particular marketplace? And where is the best place to advertise today? Okay. Well, we all know that the Internet is really driving a lot of the market. Everyone is online. They pay their bills online. They look for their homes online. They try to get as much information as they can. Mm -hmm. To kind of counteract that, I actually do a lot of mailings. Uh, If you go to your mailbox today, it's going to be pretty empty. You might get a magazine. You might get – but to get a postcard with information – especially if you're in a rental building and you might be looking for something to purchase in the neighborhood you're living in. Right. I find that people, I invite people to my first open house for cupcakes usually. And people <laughs> do come and they are holding on to Deborah, this do you make postcard. the Deborah, do you make the cupcakes yourself? I don't, but there's a bakery near me that does a great job. <laughs> All right, that <laughs> I'm sounds I'm selling apartments. I don't have time to bake cupcakes. <laughs> I, I, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> Um, so do you find any of you, do you find that sellers are very hands-on in this particular process of marketing their exclusives? I mean, sometimes, you know, in easier markets, sellers are a lot more relaxed, but in these, these tight, more difficult sellers type markets, do you find that they're more hands-on in the process? I think they want to be. Okay. They want to be because all of us living in the 21st century feel that we want to be a little more controlled in our destiny. But the same way you might go on to WebMD to see if you're not feeling well what a doctor is going to say, you really have to go to that doctor in the end to find out what's wrong. It's the same thing with a real estate professional. We know the market. As you said, we're the feet on the ground. Right. And we have to show them in a very kind way the best way to really market their property and not putting flyers on the local telephone poles. (laughs) It's not necessarily a good idea. No, and keeping keeping them calm and having them do anything else but but the real estate transaction, leaving that to the to the agent. Rachel, when working with buyers who want to always lowball offers, and we we you know we've all been involved in this probably too many times, even in this mm-hmm. hot market, how do you handle that type of person or that type of personality of a buyer? Really good question. Um, you know. I like to allow them to lowball if they insist on it to learn the process, and I like to manage their expectations because a lot of times if you're new to the market, you don't understand how it works. Okay. So if I go through the process and I educate them and I say, okay, this is the price per square foot for this neighborhood or this building, you need your pre-approval letter, you need your financial statement completed, I take them through every step, and after all that, if they still say, listen, I'm a finance person, I'm into numbers, I want to lowball, I let them do that because that's how they learn the process. And, the, and some people actually need to go through that, and if they lose that on a property and maybe the seller doesn't counter, doesn't even respond to their low offer, that's how they learn. And guess what? On the third or fourth time, they, they automatically step in at asking price or they go over asking to get the property because they've learned. Right. 
When you have a new buyer, though, do I mean, how do you or they identify neighborhoods and buildings that they want to see? Do your buyers even know sometimes what they want? I mean, oftentimes I'll have a buyer say, hey, listen, you know, I want to live on the Upper West Side and then a week into it. Well, you know, how about the West Village? You know, I hear prices are better on the Upper East Side. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, same thing for Long Island City and Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, I want a two bedroom in Harlem and then they end up, you know, Park Slope in Brooklyn. It just it's it's also a really good question to say the difference between need and want. So if right. a client calls any of us as a broker, I want a three bedroom in the West Village. Right. Your response typically should be, well, what do you need? Do you need to be close to the train? Do you need a doorman? Do you need a pet-friendly building? Right. Um, and that sort of helps the broker guide as to what is realistic for their price point, for their budget. Perul, are there any examples today of buildings that are undervalued and in any particular neighborhoods? Hmm. You know, that's. I think uh, the way I would answer that is I think that there are certainly good purchases to be made. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say that as, as a whole um, it's easy to spot undervalued buildings. Um, I feel that, for instance, like, you know, especially in new developments, um, when people start buying, if you if if a buyer gets in early, by the time the building sells out, they'll always see a nice little uptick in their per, in the in the value of their apartment. Um, also, as you do see, it's, I think it's more scattered than specific buildings um, right. in general. Um, I don't know what else anybody else on the panel is saying, seeing, but I mean that's that's sort of. I, I think it's tough. I think our sellers are very educated. I think the brokers out there are definitely educated. And uh, given the market that we have, um, most sellers are, are fairly aggressive about the prices that they want to achieve. So really, it's not that often that you see a building or a specific apartment even that is undervalued in price. If it is, Or maybe a neighborhood that's undervalued. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think maybe a little bit more of that um, for sure. Um, I would, I mean, what, what would you say as, as a neighborhood that is still undervalued? I mean, I would say that, both, again, as what Fred was saying, is I think all neighborhoods are pushing out. So most of the places that you see the better deals are in the periphery of any neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nyla. Upper West Side, when you have a buyer that just isn't willing to pay, you know, over 1100 the square foot, you get them to Morningside Heights, and they love it up there. And it's north of 96th Street, but guess what? You get so much more space. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and so on the heels of that, are your buyers concerned uh, at all today about some common trouble spots? Once they identify a building, once they identify a neighborhood, um, trouble spots in a particular building, such as, you know, apartments directly below the roof or by a setback terrace near the elevator or the trash compactors or even the lobby, concern, you know, concerning noise, water leakage, whatever. Uh, or is the market so tight that these are no longer showstoppers? I mean, do we have any examples of anyone saying, hey, you know, I don't want to live on the sixth floor because the roof is right above me and I don't want to have a water leak? Or, you know, that trash compactor makes too much noise every time somebody walks up and down the hallway throwing their trash away. Do we have too much of that these days? I mean, I remember earlier on in my career that people really had issues with those types of things. Today, I'm finding that um, because there really isn't a lot of inventory I don't even think it's being considered anymore. They're just like, okay, this is a great apartment, this is a great price, in a great building, in a great neighborhood. Anybody share that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I've had uh, a buyer that had 
um, there was construction going on and they're like, well, you know, I think I could just deal with it because I, I feel like a, I've lost out on a couple of apartments and, right. and B, this is a, this is a great space. And when the construction's done, I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine with it. So they, they were willing to do that. So I, I'm not seeing, um, too much of, you know, showstoppers per se. Um, it seems like right. if they like the apartment in the space, you know, the buyers that I'm working with, uh, go for it. Yeah, I am no- seeing some of it. Because I'm seeing with a lot of first-time buyers in all price points, many times they will bring their parents for a second showing. Uh And parents remember what it's like 30 years ago when they lived in Manhattan. And that's the first thing a parent will will put forward. Do you really want to be next to the trash compactor? Do you really want the possibility of a leak above you? And in this tight market, it's not such a big deal. The children, I put that in quotes, don't always listen. Because I usually say, let's see what your attorney finds out when he or she does due diligence. Let's see if there's a history of problems. Are they working on the parapets? Will there be a possible leak? And it tends to be okay, but I do see it with the first-time buyers. Guys, I have to stop us right there. Unfortunately, we're running out of time today, but I'm going to uh, welcome you all back again in the near future. So please look out for us. Folks, Thank that's you. our show for today. Thank you for joining me. I'm here with you every Monday morning at 9 Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, live on the Variety Channel here on the Voice America Network. You can always catch the show later in the day or anytime on our website at voiceamerica.com. Remember, you can tweet me at Vince Rocco or find me on Facebook. We have so much more to talk about. We will be back next week. Make it a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.